Yo, what's up? It's Alex from Young Culture, and you're listening to We Podcast, and we know things right now. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 214 of We Podcast, and we know things where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. Don't you love getting a brand new game from Amazon's delivery service? And when the mailman hands you the package, says, I think this is broken. I go, okay, there is a hole. Punch, it looked like someone shoved a screwdriver through the back of the PS5, the Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition. Oh. The same, oh. This, so, so that happened well, a Tuesday. I got it. I was pissed, but went on Amazon. I got to give them credit. Their return policy is great. UPS picked it up next day. And I got my replacement copy in my hand right now. I just got it today and it's in beautiful condition, but I don't know what the hell happened, but literally it punctured through the back case, broke the the stand where like the, the connector piece where it holds the actual disc. Like uh-huh. I literally think someone got pissed and just jabbed it because that's, it looked like a screwdriver went through it. So I don't know what's going on. Amazon delivery guys, just relax, stay calm and deliver safely. That's a story and a half. <laughs> Dude, like, I, I wish yeah. I took a picture. I was just like, how does this happen to this game? Uh, it might have fallen on something sharp. I don't know. Oh, uh, dude, like, I, I like was just like miles up. But, you know, know, it was actually a little blessing in disguise because it let me just, you know, not get ready to just take out Ghost yet. I still want to beat Ghost before I dive headfirst into Devil May Cry 5. Sam and I are starting at 7.30. We were ready to start at 7.10, but before we recorded, we got into a 15-minute discussion on how good Ghost of Tsushima is and how we can't stop playing it. So look forward to more conversation about that game either on our end-of-year show or on a Nintendo side episode, but we got more to say about that game, and, and we're quite frankly, very excited to do so. We're both over 20 to 25 hours into that game now. Just, just so glad we didn't skip it and we got it for yeah. 2020. And if you haven't yet, it's so good. Like, there's no sugarcoating it. Just go buy it. You miss the Black Friday sale, the Cyber Monday sale. But if I, if you were to tell me, yeah, you got to pay sixty for this game, knowing what I know now, twenty hours in, I would, I would gladly fork. Yeah, it's it, it's worth sixty, seventy, whatever it was worth. But got lucky; it was only forty bucks. Yeah, same. Now I got it digitally. Sam got it physically. Only like two days later, so I'm a little pissed, but that's okay. Uh, all right, we are live on Squawker. And we're live on Squawker for one of the final times. And that's super depressing. Uh, We just got started on this platform within the last two months. And we love it so much. And we thank them for all they do for us and and just give us this awesome platform to do our show on. Uh, But they made the announcement they're going to be shutting down on the 31st of December. So we uh, are going to have to go find a new home pretty quickly. I think (laughs) I have a good idea. We have 27 days to figure it out. I think I got an idea. I think I think I have an idea of a platform we can use that is uh, up our alley and we can still continue to use the same audio quality. I think it's just going to be a couple extra steps on my end. So I don't we'll, – we'll figure that out. Not for you, the listener. None of your concern. We'll oh, I had to give him a little peek behind the curtain. You know how we Yeah, do. yeah. We'll still give you great content every single week. We don't skip weeks here. I think if you've listened to us long enough, you know that. If we skip a week, like we had to. You know yeah, what I mean? There's nothing uh, Speaking of episodes, yeah, we only have about four episodes, five episodes left on Squawker. However, we dropped a new Nintendo, the Nintendo's thoughts on the 2020 Game of the Year nominees. So I went through the list of 2017, 18, and 19. I went over my top three games of those years and said, 
in hindsight, would I have switched those around? Does that make any sense? Am I just crazy? I spent a little time on 2018 where Sam thinks I'm crazy uh, for picking right. Spider-Man. The whole world over. knows you're crazy. <laughs> and he just uh, made believe me. Uh, 2019, I think you're going to be interested to listen back to, as that is my most contentious year for Game of the Year, except for my number one. Sword and Shield was never not going to be my Game of the Year. But I also give my nominees for 2020. Uh, I talk about what's included. I talk about what's excluded. I talk about what's still to come, and uh, I think I would, have. I, I think I have your top three. <laughs> I, um, think I'm, I think I'm close. It, uh, it depends if you want to throw a, a little screwball in there. Uh, you at least have two and one. Mm. You at least have two and one. Three, I'm still deciding on, and uh, two, technically, I am as well. It just de- it just depends on the next sixty hours. Um, three. If something comes out this month that was promised, I have a good feeling about three. If not, then my three is locked and loaded. So unless there's some curveball, but I don't see that happening. All right. But anyway, I give a ton of nominees. I talk about all the games I've played this year and what I think of them and just, you know, a nice loving ode to gaming that is on our feed. So if you're done listening to this episode, just let the next one play. When you hear this banging ass Mario trap music, that's going to be the Nintendo open about 40 minutes long go over a lot of stuff and i hope you can join us and thank you again so much for all the kind things about that series uh so far we you know we appreciate it love doing it you know sam and i were just talking about some future episodes where he's going to be involved and we're looking forward to those so this week however on 214 for we podcast and we know things we got a bit pretty big show for you lined up got our picks of the week i wouldn't want to miss those this week uh we got trivia it is 15 for me 13 and a half for sam i can win trivia this week we will see we're going to start in tv this week which is a a nice little curveball because the episode of the mandalorian that happened last week chapter 13 the jedi it is so important to that series and to television itself that we just had to lead with it and even though a monster story dropped in the movie space today it was already kind of decided that the mandalorian was going to kick the show off but believe me Movies is coming second because we got a monster story to talk about there. Warner Brothers pretty much just changed the movie game. Yeah, exactly. I was just about to say, this is definitely going to change the game moving forward for movie theaters. So don't miss our movies section. That's where our top three is going to lie as well. Sam will take over in gaming where we have some fun stuff, especially around the Pokemon uh, trading card game and theme parks. Keep your eye out there. We have one story or ear in a podcast way. Uh, in other, we have one story, and it's something we haven't talked about in a long time, but it's in wrestling. And it's just a, a the final reason why you need to watch AEW right now if you don't already. It's like my plea to jump on the All Elite Wrestling bandwagon. Sam will do a CGC spotlight, and we will get on out of here. But let's start, as we always do, customarily with our picks of the week. My pick of the week this week, you'll find it on Disney+. Plus. All you have to do is kind of hit their Marvel logo once you're on the main page. And it's called Marvel 616. Have you heard of any? Have yes, you heard I of that? Have. Yeah. So, you know, that whole thing is eight episodes that just kind of just are the rich history of Marvel. But my pick of the week, I only saw episode four. So if you know the Fiend Club, comic book Fiend Club, the East Chapter, our East Chapter grail is Brute Force. So this episode, um, Paul Shear actor... He basically just kind of digs deep in, you know, Disney Plus and Marvel and, you know, trying to think of, you know, like a, the next Marvel franchise, something that, that's been under the rug that we haven't heard of in a while. He's trying to find the, the weird 
and he stumbles on brute force, which if you don't know, have you heard of brute force? Uh, very, like I've heard the name. I don't know a thing about it. It's bionic, bionic animals with intelligence greater than humans. They're trying to put an end to environmental pollution. So basically you have like a dolphin with like machine guns. You have a cybernetic bear, a kangaroo, an eagle, a lion. So he's pitching Disney plus a show and basically hires this animation suit to make like a little two minute short of what it could look like. And, and just, I just love that this kind of like dove back and you kind of find out like this was created was, it was supposed to be for tour line. This is when transformers was popping off in the nineties. So they tried to make the next best thing and make this little four issue comic series and, and then hopefully sell toys from, but it, it, it flopped. They took a swing, they missed. And, um, I, I just think it was just it, Charles, uh, Charles below below. I don't know how you say his last name, but he just said that he saw in his mind transformers going and he tried to make the move over a brute force and he missed it. But I just thought it was just so great that Paul Shear took this deep dive and you hear all these different characters of Marvel characters that you never even heard of, or even would think that's real. Like you're like, no way that's real. And yeah, it's real. So, and I think it was 50 minutes. If you got less than a little bit, a little less, a little less than an hour, Marvel 616, episode four, it's called Lost and Found. I always love when you do your pick of the week, especially when it's like new shit that I haven't heard of. I mean, I've heard of the the series, but I didn't know anything about it. So I always like that because then I just put whatever you say during our recording, I just put on in the background when I edit. And then I automatically just get to watch your picks of the week all the time. If Sam only took my picks of the week half the time, he would have a whole breath of music to listen to. Well, but, music and or, you know, could be games. Yeah, but that costs money. Oh, wait, no, you don't have Spotify. But you have YouTube. You have YouTube. Yeah, I do. I do. My pick of the week is a couple weeks ago, I did a a food item, the ghost pepper donut. Um, I'm happy to report, and by happy, I mean sad, that I apparently was the only one to ever buy one because they're already gone. Um, (laughs) They were gone after, like, when I made it my pick of the week, they were gone. I never got one again since I made this. Very sad for me. But again, like a phoenix rising from the ashes, my pick of the week in Franklin Mills, because it will never be Philadelphia Mills to me, in Franklin Mills, next to the beer outlet, recently they opened up a store. And that store is my pick of the week. It is the hamburger Mr. store? No, that never opened. Burger uh, I am. Burger oh, I am. Oh, never is opened. this the bubbly store? Mr. Wish. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Wish. Now, I have been on record for years on Twitter, on yeah. Facebook, that I personally believe that bubble tea is the nectar of the gods. Uh, and they opened one in Ben Salem next to the little Caesars and McDonald's. Um, they opened a, actually, no, it's in the same shopping center as I think Shogun, uh, on nights and street where uh, they opened up a bubble tea spot and a ramen shop in the back. I don't even know if the ramen shop ever even opened. And I went there and I sampled its fine bubble tea cuisine and it was, it was good. It was was okay. A little overpriced for, for what you get a little fake. And then Mr. Wish opens. So now I have zero bubble tea spots around me. Now I have two, uh, and they're both within five minutes from my doorstep. But Mr. Wish is only like three three minutes away. I take a left on Academy. I'm there, and so I go there. And uh, my favorite bubble tea is passion fruit green tea. I love passion fruit anything. So passion fruit green tea with pearls, boom, a little bit of ice, and I'm good to go. So instead of the fake-ass syrup that most places put in, this place uses actual passion fruit seeds to sweeten it. And okay. Oh my God. So basically my pick of the week 
is Mr. Wish. But if you're looking for a recommendation, passion fruit green tea, they use passion fruit seeds and the boba, which is basically tapioca balls. So it's like a meal in a cup. It's amazing. Uh, they also have smoothies and hot tea and colorful teas and diced up fruit tea where they take a whole fruit, dice it up and put it in the tea. So it's like, holy shit. Oh, you get little I do pieces like that. Of, you get little pieces of apple and orange and, and strawberry in the, in the straw with your tea. It tastes so good. Um, they have spicy tea. So like that was a trip. I didn't love it, but it was a trip. You got to try it. I didn't love it. Hot tea. That's also spicy. It just fucked with yeah, my throat. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about that. It, it, it fucked with my throat a little too much, but Mr. Wish Philadelphia Mills Mall. It's a franchise. There's a billion of them. So maybe you have one in your area. If you're not where, you know, if you don't live where we do, but specifically the passion fruit green tea, 575 never tasted so good. Check it out. And just in general, if you've if you've heard about bubble tea but you haven't tried it yet, take it from the from me. Boba is yes, it's a trend, but it's phenomenal. There's a reason it's a trend. You got to go pick it up. And they also do DoorDash. So if you don't want to, you just have it delivered to your house. And I saw some schmuck. He DoorDashed a single bubble tea. The thing costs six bucks. You can't get off your ass and go buy a bubble tea. You got to get some poor guy. Or maybe girl. well, maybe he was supporting the Grubhub, you know, local business. If a guy throw him a couple extra dollars for a tip, you know. Well, no, if you order like less than ten bucks on Grubhub, they charge you extra because it's a small, it's a small order fee. Ah, uh, uh, okay. So he basically paid ten, twelve bucks for a single five dollar bubble tea. I mean, hey, I, I guess it better be good if if you're paying <laughs> them kind of prices. If you're gonna get it delivered, just get a couple. At least stock up. Like <laughs> yeah, I always, I always buy two. And I drink one in the morning and one at night, or I'll just drink two at a time. I, like bear claws. I used to eat them two at a time. I get them lodged right in this region here. Uh, all right. Enough about bubble tea. Let's get on to trivia. It's 15 for me, 13 and a half for you in our race to 11, win by two. Sam, I want to give you the question first, try and get you back into the game a little bit. You're down by a point and a half here. Uh, now, my question, I haven't done it in a while, so I'm, I'm pulling out this, this low-hanging fruit card. Okay. It's a year question. I know right. we hate I know we hate year questions. But there's a caveat. Right. If you get the year within 5, I'll give it to you. Okay. Sounds good. Except if you need the answers cuz then that's not fair. Cuz okay. then you just get four yeah. choice. So gotcha. if you don't need the answers, you get it within 5, you get the point. If not, we'll go for the half a point with the four choices. Cool? Uh, sounds good. Time Warner acquired DC Comics in what year? Oh, do I want to think back and take a stab? Just need to be within five years, either way, up and down. You got a 10 year window here, basically. That's a bit. I didn't think about that. That's a lot of years I gave you. Fuck. I should have just done three, but we'll go with five. Yeah, I'm trying to think. God damn it. Like, I feel like it happened so long ago. Let's go 2011. I guess when you said so long ago, I didn't want to say anything because I was like, shit, he's got it. But uh, I guess if nine years is long, no, 1976. Oh, shit. I know. That's why I asked. I thought it was like, I don't even know what I was thinking. I thought it was like 2000. I was like, yeah, I don't remember them being owned like that for, you know, but then again, I didn't have HP. Like I didn't know about all this, these other things that we know now where you can tell that, that WB and, and DC. Are yeah, together. shit. I, I should ask for the question because then, or the answers, then I would have been like, oh crap, I'm way off. 
1986, right. 1981, 1986, 1991. Probably would have gone 91, I imagine. I, mean, I don't know. Just hearing them dates, I, you would have threw my whole mind through a loop, so I wouldn't have known. <laughs> what do you got? Right. Let's see if you could take it for the win. What was Walt Disney's original name for Mickey Mouse before his wife convinced him to change it? Steamboat Willie. Steamboat Mickey. Shit. Steamboat Willie. Final answer? Yeah. Incorrect. Fuck. Mortimer. What? Mortimer. Dude, I almost fell over. Mortimer the mouse? Dude, and if you ask me for names, it was Mortimer, Melvin, Morton, Mitty. (laughs) I'd have gone probably with number one or letter A, whatever. Really? You would have went with Mortimer? I was like, there's there's no no way I would have thought that you would have thought that name. Unless you got it from like a trivia site, which gave you four. No, no, actually, I went. Names that begin with the letter M, and I went. The, I, I picked the oldest, the old school looking name I could find that I would think that they would do back then. Mordecai. <laughs> oh my god! So then I was like, if Greg gets this question, I'll I'll be impressed. So. No, I uh, no. Now what I should have done was just automatically just said, "Give me the answers," because uh, all I needed was a half a point. Yeah, that's a. I was like, I don't know why you. That's why I was like, is he joking or? No, no. Okay. I'm trying to go all out here. I don't want to. You know, I don't well, know. And that was kind of one of the main reasons why I guessed. I was like, you know what? I need this full point here. And, you know, yeah. hey, I took because, I took a gamble. I lost. Listen, because it's two to two in the overall challenge and because we've been on this this specific trivia challenge race to 11 for like a year, uh, this is a special one. This is the longest it's ever gone on. So I don't want to luck my way into the win. I'd like to okay. either know it or when I get the answers, feel confident about one of them. And go with it as opposed to taking a wild guess. And that question, I just, that was, I just figured Steamboat Willie was like the first cartoon. So like, or one of, maybe I was even wrong with that. I don't know. (laughs) I I, I like your style. Who knows, man. But let's get into the television section. Enough delaying. We've been here for, I don't know, like over 10 minutes already. Maybe closer to like 15. And we haven't been talking about it yet. So we got to dive into chapter 13 of The Mandalorian. It was called The Jedi. Before I give my impressions and Sam does the same, we have the IGN review. I'm going to read it and then we'll go off of that. See if we agree, disagree or whatever. Uh, While ultimately this is an episode that's more satisfying for all the seeds it's planting for the future, as well as the payoff for Ahsoka's live action debut. It's also quintessential star Wars firmly rooting the Mandalorian in the larger mythology and paying off several lingering mysteries, all while introducing new ones. I'm not measuring the series against prestige TV fare like Breaking Bad or Watchmen. Wow, the Watchmen was that good, apparently? Uh, Only against itself, but in terms of making good on its promises and launching the series into a tantalizing new direction, Chapter 13, The Jedi, earns a blank because not only is it blank, but because it's a thrill ride from beginning to end, one that evokes a childish glee that best uh, that the I'm sorry that all of the best installments of Star Wars managed to offer. I blanked Ten. the scores. Ten. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. it's. I mean, I, I. I'm pretty sure we speak for everyone saying this was the best episode this season thus yeah. far. It was the best episode of the series. I, I mean, that's that definitely there's some argument there, but I, I, it's definitely in there for conversation, hundred percent. Yeah. So, uh, again, full spoilers here. We, we, you know, there's just too much to talk about to try and keep our Mandalorian conversation every week spoiler free. Um, 
Now, I didn't go back and watch it a second time, and I watched it at like four in the morning on Black Friday, so I was super groggy the whole time. But like, I get it. I, I get. I don't need to watch it again to understand what happened. But I'm only basing my opinion off of a one watch. But it was really, really satisfying. My gripe is, is it did the same thing it always does. Like it's go to a planet, meet a person, figure out what they need, see you later. But it was just done so perfectly. And to IGN's point, it does sow a whole shit ton of seeds for the future. Oh my God, yeah. And just, I mean, they had you right from the jump. She I mean, I, fucking great. I mean, I texted you, I think, after the first minute or two minutes, I said, it could have ended after the intro, and, and I'm good. Like, yeah. the episode's already yeah. great. She, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano, she is fantastic. Can we and, say it's a perfect 10 oh out of 10 casting? Like, you, you couldn't can't have get been better. better? You cannot get better. No nope. way. Could not have gotten better. And like, I believe, completely. I think even like 2016 or 2017, she tweeted, like, I would love to play Ahsoka Tano live action, and uh, carefully wish for it happened. And she was very, very uh, thankful and stuff on Twitter once the episode dropped of an appreciative of being allowed in this universe. But the look nailed it. Like we, how many times have we seen a video game or animation adaptation in live action that is just so wrong? I, I you know, to say that even if she looked half as good, it'd be a ten out of ten. Like this is a twenty out of ten. She completely just crushed not only the the look. But the feel of the character, the movements, the actions, the, you know, and this is from somebody who's never watched Rebels, never watched Clone Wars, never watched her inner animation. But I've seen enough clips and stuff like that to know how Ahsoka Tano looks, speaks and acts and like kind of maneuvers her way around combat. And Rosario and and hats off to Filoni and the team. They just crushed it. And this, like you said, the special effect, just her lightsabers. I mean, they... They actually did a scene right from Rebels, like her when she's doing the sabers and she's like doing like almost like a Wolverine style, like X cross, like literally it was ripped right from the episode. And to, and to have uh, Imperial Magistry Morgan Elizabeth, that's Diane Lee, who her godfather was Bruce Lee. So she's like a stunt woman. So they couldn't have picked a better person so that they were able to show like the fight choreography because that was amazing in itself. Yeah, it's just overall, like, you know, I think if you... I think if you have issues with the show, like being a side quest or a fetch quest, like this didn't scratch that itch so much of like, holy shit, we're, you know, she's here to stay and they've, they've met up. No, it didn't do that. But like, it gives you hope that the story is moving forward in a huge way. And you'd like to think that this wasn't a one-off. Oh, I mean, uh, no, well, number one, it scratched every itch that I had. I, I yeah. got to say that right off the bat. But like, I know I I even made a tweet that I know I rarely ever make a damn tweet that this Ahsoka Tano needs a Disney Plus spinoff immediately. Well, it sounds like we're getting a Cara Dune one. A G- Gina Carrado, I think it, like, her character was rumored to get one. Not not Ahsoka, but I agree, man. Like. I would, if you're going to take I would, one side character, it's got to be her. She just, oh my she's God. so good. The fans are going crazy. Her her comic book appearance right now is is going for thousands. It just shot up. And and we can't forget that we had Lieutenant Lang was Michael Bean from Tombstone and Terminator. So just to see him again in something else, that, that was really cool for me. And, and you know what's awesome is that in this episode, we had arguably one of the biggest plot – uh, like details come out in that baby Yoda has a name oh, God. and, and 
it's kind of overshadowed by how good Rosario was as Ahsoka Tano. If that doesn't tell you right now, just the reaction that Ahsoka Tano is trending over Grogu, uh, that, which I, I, I don't know what I else really, to tell I like. I really like to think Dave Filoni and John Favreau like we watched TV Goku Grogu. Okay, perfect. I, I, I just I really like hope. to think they were making my name into a Star Wars thing, Gregu. Oh know? no! Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, just replace replace the E with an O, and you're good. And, and uh, I yeah. also I love how Ahsoka Tano, Rosario Dawson's character, kind of explains the Force, kind of explains kind of his history that he had to suppress his powers to survive. Yeah, I was like, wow, like you know, we didn't know that. So like, just 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 hitting us with little like little nuggets throughout the entire episode. I, I, I love this episode. It's pretty awesome when Filoni and Favreau kind of team up. Like that's peak Star Wars. Like that, those are always the best episodes. It seems Filoni. I mean, whenever Filoni's involved in the project, it seems to bring the punch. Um, like I said, you know, me personally not being a giant star Wars fan to where I know a lot of the lore and the backstory. And she did reference the blue guy. I can't think of the name general Thrawn or something like that. Grand Admiral Thrawn, baby. Yeah. So I don't know enough about him to like get super pumped. And I know that I'm going to get shit for that in our DMS as I always do, uh, which is okay. I deserve it. I'm, I just don't know. <laughs> no, enough we, we can't, we can't know everything, man. Come on. But we do know things. Uh, yeah. I just, <laughs> yeah. it's not, we podcast and we know everything. It's no, just no, very true. And like yeah. this, so this like, okay, this could be the next big bad for season three, you know, season two, we yeah. saw Moff Gideon, or that could, you know, maybe Grand Admiral's the tease for four, like however, you know, however long they want to spread out this show. But I mean, this there's show has just, likes, this show has likes. Just, there's just no way. What do they have? Three episodes left. There's no way they can finish off this, this, uh, Oh my God, Gene! Like, you just said his name, uh, uh, Moff Gideon. Thank you. There's no way they can finish this. The way this show is structured, I don't think three episodes is enough to give us a satisfying ending. I wouldn't be surprised if his story goes into three and then four. I, I is hope where so because I love his character. Him. I don't want to see him go nowhere. He hasn't really been in it that I much, know. you know. So like, and He's he got wasn't like in it in maybe one. two minutes of screen time if across that. two seasons. <laughs> it's yeah. just not a lot. So you know. It pushed it forward. It teased the future. It did a very nice job of that. And even somebody who's not a fan, like I, I get it. I pick up on the cultural importance of that from a Star Wars perspective. So it did a ton of stuff. But like, if you look at st- structure A to B, and I want to point out a tweet that somebody made, and that it's I don't know the person. Um, I've never interacted with them, but Chris Shriver did, and so I it came up on, on my timeline because Chris interacted with the tweet and it just happened to show up. And so this guy Tyler, he works for IGN. He tweeted out. Why is every episode of The Mandalorian the same episode? This was two hours ago. Uh, Mando arrives on planet. Mando asks where Mando and Jedi are. Uh, cute baby Yoda shit. People ask Mando for help in exchange for information. Mando says bye-bye and heads off to the next planet. And so Chris Shriver ch- chimed in on that one, and, and he had said, uh, I'm here for this thing. Oh, but I know about this thing. But you have a thing that I need to do first. Okay, by the way, here's my child. Bad guys can't know about him. Can you watch him for like six hours, uh, even though we just met? And so I thought that was funny. And then somebody else said it perfectly at the bottom. Four words. If it ain't broke. And that pretty much sums it up. Like, even if you have issues with the narrative following a very, very similar structure to a video game side quest or to, you know, I'm going to say it, TWD, or to in kind of feeling the same episode every week, it ain't broke. And I and you, if you took 
Batman or Mario, like our two favorite things, and put them into the same exact type of show, we would love it because we would pick up on all the Easter eggs and the backstory and the little cameos and the shit that we would live for as diehard DC and Nintendo fans. So I completely see where Star Wars fans get super jazzed about this stuff because it's the world they live in and how much they love it. So I'm not here to knock on that. As a casual, it, it, it just wanted to get pushed forward. But this episode did a phenomenal job in getting me to the next one. Yeah, like I, I know there's one Easter egg. There was like this owl. I think he's called like Morogi or something. He, like some forest ghost. You see an owl like when right before uh, Mandalorian meets Ahsoka Tano, and people are like freaked out because of the owl because there's so much like rich history. Like I got to go back and I got to hit Rebels. I got to watch the Clone Wars. I got to watch all that stuff just because, like you said, if this was Batman or Marvel, we would know the Easter eggs. It just it's just something just to look forward to or just hype you up a little bit more, get you more excited. But you know, hey, just. I didn't know it. I missed it. I saw it after and I was like, oh, went back, watched for a second time. Like, oh, yeah, they're right. Great catch. Wish I yeah. knew it, you know, wish I knew it, you know. Now, generally, like I'll watch Screen Crush, Ryan Airy, his Easter yeah. eggs videos. He's, he's great. He's great. He's, he's one of the best. And and uh, generally, and he always throws in a mom joke. So I hit him up on Twitter with a mom joke and he he replied to Shay, which I yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think like, I did see that. I think I did see that. Yeah. He said uh, something like, who is this in this new show or something like that? And I wrote, that's not them. It's your mom. <laughs> he wrote touche. And I was like, fuck yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, and I, I usually watch emergency awesomes little, but I didn't this time. And uh, it I think it was just, I, I think it was just a lack of time. It's not that I didn't want to. Yeah. And um, I'm probably just playing too much ghost of Tsushima, but uh, with three episodes left, right. You know, it, by the way, fucking dog in the background. I'm really sorry, everybody. If you can hear that, it's super annoying. Uh, I, my neighbor I just doesn't give I a shit. I can't hear it if it makes you feel any better. Thank you. I appreciate that. But my neighbor apparently doesn't like their dog, apparently, because the fucking thing's about there barking for 15 minutes. But uh, what do you think? What do you think? How, with three episodes left, like this to me felt like a penultimate episode. Like episode nine, fucking huge shit like Game of Thrones did and Breaking Bad did so well. But there are still three left. It Can the three next episodes possibly live up to the hype that this one did. And if so, what does this next episode have to do without getting into specifics? Like what I mean, does this I, next episode have to do to continue the hype? I mean, I, I got to have, like, like you said, at the beginning, we have faith in Dave Filoni and John Favreau, like, you know, to, to drop and Dave Filoni, he wrote and directed, produced this, this episode. So this was all him. This was his baby. I, I would like to think that they have something up their sleeve. That's going to up this Annie a little bit. I don't know if it's going to be, they um, kidnap Grogu or he maybe dies this season. I, I don't know if they're going to kill him off this early, but you know, I, we know they're trying to make clones of him or get, get his blood. And, you know, it, it's interesting at one of the things that Ahsoka Tana said that near the end where it's like, you have to go to like, the Jedi temple on to Don to see if you can call out through the force. Who do you think is going to answer that call? Right. Like, Luke? do you have do you have Luke? any guesses, Luke? No, nah, I don't know. Well, one one I was thinking that kind of makes sense. Obi Wan, Mace Windu. Uh, is it Samuel L? Yeah, yeah, that, that's Samuel. No, so I'm saying that, like, is it going to be played by Samuel L? Oh, it, it, he was in the movie, so it to me it should be because he he stated I think even two years ago he's like, hey, I'm pretty sure we stayed in in, in Star Wars universe. They can survive great like things can survive great falls, referring to Darth Maul. Yeah. So I would just hey you know and Palpatine, 
Yeah, there you go. And so, so it's like, you know, Samuel Jackson, he's, you know, he's Nick Fury. He's got a nice Disney contract. And, and I'm sure if they, hey, do you want to come over and come back? And I'm sure he would love to, to come back as, you know, with the force. I, I think that would be a nice touch, a nice add in for, for people that wanted to see more of him. Uh, listen, I, to me, you know, I think we always say, you know, let's move on from the Skywalker saga. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. So if they do anybody but Luke, but it's, if it's a familiar character that's not Luke, I'd be happy. Yeah, right. it's a, like Mace wouldn't be like, oh, cool. Look at that. Look at his purple lifesaver. Let's what go. if they did Obi-Wan and it, and it kind of moved, like it kind of teased, it was like a, almost like a backdoor pilot for the Obi-Wan series. I don't know. Would that time wise, would that work out? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't think it would. <laughs> I don't know when the Obi Wan series is potentially supposed to take place. If it's supposed to take place in the prequel timeline, then it would not work out. No, no. For, for a second, it could be a work- younger Obi Wan. Maybe just make. Yeah, but make I, I, I just don't McGregor's think they're clean cut. I just don't think they they would go that route. You know, probably what I'm not. Saying? Probably not. No, but you know, I, I did like to hear like you know her kind of say like Krogu looks at you like as a father figure, and, and I was like, oh, go ahead, Mando. You know, I, I they, they had a couple of cute moments in, in this episode. Yeah, notice that not a lot of people call him Grogu, though. Everybody still just kind of refers to him as Baby Yoda. I, I call him Grogu. I, I like the name. I'm cool I, I don't Grogu. mind it. It's it's easy. It's easy to remember. I mean, I like it better than the child. Yeah, I agree. Just being honest. I agree. All right. Uh, anything else you want to say about this episode before we move on? Uh, I, I, I would love to rewatch it tonight just to get hype again for tomorrow's episode. Oh, shit. Yeah, there's an episode tomorrow. Got to get hype. No, I, I probably should because I only watched it once. I yeah, if you're a groggy tiger, you, you'll wa- go back on that scene. Like, oh, there's that Al Sam was talking about. Plus, he's, I watched he, it on my he's iPad. He's in the tree. I watched oh, it on come my iPad. On. So I didn't watch it. Get that it thing on the 80 inch, 85 <laughs> inch. Come on. Yeah, you still haven't seen that thing. No, I not yet. You One haven't day. been over my house since March. <laughs> One day. That's- that's crazy. We live around the corner from each other and have not seen each other since March. That's Strange cr- times. That's crazy. So anyway, you know, listen, we respect the Rona. Uh, Marvel owns the rights to Daredevil again. Uh, I mean, long story short, is it happening? Are we getting one? Just what do you think? Let the devil loose in Hell's Kitchen, baby. It's. I think the fans are already jumped on it, um, already Actors from the show are, are would love to go back. Um, what's his name? Guy who played Kingpin, uh, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. He is. He was like it was a dream role. He's dying to go back. I'm sure Charlie. He's always making fl- little funny videos of kind of him wearing the mask and stuff like that. I would bet my bottom dollar. We, yes, we will get a continuation of Daredevil. They would. They would be stupid not to. What that show did on Netflix, it, it opened up like the, the, the whole floodgates of basically what is now Disney Plus for Marvel. You know, bring back the <clears throat> demon. We need yeah. him. I, I miss Charlie Cox. I, I, I love the reinvigorated Daredevil. I mean, after all we got was, was Ben Affleck, you know, say we will. It was good or it sucked. This Stanley, him as Daredevil is that next tier. So I would love more stories. And I want Vincent D'Onofrio back as Kingpin. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. You know, I didn't I, – I have not caught up on all three seasons. Um, I think this this opens the door for the other ones like the Defenders and Punisher and, and all that stuff. If nothing else um, – If you could only bring up, back one of the Netflix Daredevil. Marvel shows. Okay, same Daredevil. here. Same here. Yeah. Like, it would be Daredevil, Punisher, Defenders, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones. 
Iron Fist. Uh, Iron Fist right before Jessica Jones. I'm probably in the exact same order. And Jessica Jones did nothing for me. Luke Cage was the, the first season decent. with Jessica Jones was good, and then two just yeah. missed. And like we, I mean, we covered all of those really just like abrupt cancellations on this pod before, and we said like I think it was a two year window or something like that, and it's been a while. Um, yep, it's over two years. So uh, you know, it's it's nice to have them back. I just wonder, I just wonder like. Is there so much other shit going on in Marvel right now that these would just feel like another thing? And do you wait a little while until you, maybe we, you, we already waited? We waited already. We're we're invested in this in this this group of characters that we watched for three seasons. But would we want them to get lost in the sauce? I mean, you got all these other MCU shows coming out, like Winter Soldier and a Falcon and WandaVision. and that, to me, Loki they're on the, and- they're on the last leg. I feel like I feel like they're on the back nine. I feel like Infinity War or you know Endgame that was kind of where they peaked. I feel like Marvel Phase Four. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it's going to be as huge and as successful as what th- with like Marvel Phase Four or Phase Three was. I, I just don't know if they can follow that. I, I think just after you lose Robert Downey, I I, I don't know how you can kind of well, keep the momentum going. Losing movie theaters hurts too. Yeah, like true, and, and and that's huge. The movie, you know, the movie industry is, is definitely going to be uh definitely changed. We'll, we'll definitely. get to that in a minute. Yeah, but uh, you know, I I it's a great, it gives great hope, and like nothing's impossible. It gives me another reason, like a kick in the ass, to go finish it because I've heard nothing but great things. Apparently, there's an amazing fight scene in season three at like a prison or something there i think every season they made it a point to do one single shot like a 10 minute eight minute just one shot and that's why it's charlie cox is fantastic i seeing him do some of the stuff i can't even believe that it was actually done please i would i need a season four another hallway scene i need it (laughs) Uh, that was i think that wasn't that season one that was season one yeah yeah that was the one i remember um, but yeah, I liked it a lot. I hope it does come back. I truly do. I think it opens the door, like I said, for all that. If nothing else, if nothing else, at least maybe it makes its way from Netflix to Disney Plus. For us, it's inconsequential. We have both. But uh, maybe you know, maybe there's a subsect of people out there that don't have Netflix. I don't know who wouldn't at this point, but you never know. Or maybe it's simultaneously on both. I, I just don't know what that's going to look like. But at least from a future state. Now, listen, the rights just came back, so they couldn't even get started until right about now. And oh, by the way, if you haven't heard, we're in the middle of a pandemic and not a lot of things are happening. So I think a lot of things are being written right now. Like I said a million times, I think some of the best music ever is being written right now. Some of the best movies and TV. I think when we do come out of this, we're going to get a wave of original shit because people have time to really sit and think and, and make original stuff and not just reboot after reboot. And I think coming out of that, uh, you know, we're not going to get this for two years at least. So maybe, just maybe, as the Grinch movie would say, just maybe, uh, maybe if they started it pretty soon, by the time it was ready to come out, the other shit would be over anyway. Well, one thing I said when we did the uh, Moon Knight things, one of my hopes was that Daredevil shows up to let you know that he's still in this universe and, you know, Moon Knight is still a year and a half away. So, you know, here's the hoping. Right. Maybe maybe instead of 
a daredevil season four maybe he just makes an appearance in other things now because he can i don't know it op- it opens up the possibilities and like no, the, just the way just the way it ended with with um don't tell me and I didn't, all that I didn't stuff watch, i'm just you, you don't know you don't even know what i'm saying it's <laughs> you have to get you cannot end it like that there is still story that needs to be told in this universe yeah i think what it does is put on your foil hats like anything that drops in marvel now like we said it for the x-men could they make an appearance in the in the uh in the mid credit scene and this that and the other i think like your youtube theory videos are going to increase and all that fun stuff that comes on just speculation speculation is so much fun i love it it, if you overdo it, you get let down. So don't overdo it. As a Nintendo fan, I know a thing or two about getting my hopes up. Uh, and, and for no reason, I thought we'd get shit this week we didn't get. So, you know, uh, believe what you want to believe. But really cool to have Marvel owning the rights to Daredevil again. Netflix abruptly canceled it. Go back and listen to our episodes about that. If you want to know more about that process, about Punisher, Jessica Jones, all those shows are just getting abruptly canceled. Uh, but it's nice to have Marvel back under ownership of the daredevil rights now staying in superheroes but switching over to dc tv the cw verse just got a big hit as david ramsey is going to be making some big returns well i mean i guess this is a spoiler alert if you didn't watch the very the series finale of arrow to find out john diggle's fate so a spoiler warning if you didn't see it don't listen right now hit the 30 so- second button yeah, it's a skip ahead. So at the end of that, he becomes – well, they don't show it to, but he opens up a box and you just see a, a bright green light. Boom, green lantern ring. John Diggle, John Stewart, people have been speculating it for years. And basically that he's going to be appearing in what, four out of the fucking yep. five CW shows? Yep, pretty much all of them. Oh, pretty so much all of them. I mean, this is such an awesome payoff for like the fans that have been with Arrow for you know what, oh, nine years ago when that first came out. To finally get the payoff at this to see, hopefully see John Stewart it with the ring, it with the suit in action. Can't wait. Uh David Ramsey, I, I loved him in Dexter. So that's where I knew him from when you sent me that photo. Like, and, and, he's, and he's like a little character actor. Like he pops up in some stuff. They're like, oh, oh, he showed up on Castle. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember you. Yeah. Yeah. I like David Ramsey. Good actor. But yeah, again, like- just connecting the CW verse even that much more to make it its own thing. And now you have the HBO max verse or, you know, the DC universe shows kind of doing their thing. So like, and then you have the movie universe, like there's multiple different DC universes right now for you to attach yourself to. And all of them in their own right, very good. And if not the movie, probably being the movie universe, probably being the one that needs the most work, but with the Snyder cut coming soon and with suicide squad and wonder woman 84, it looks to be getting better with each passing film. So DC in a very healthy space now from an entertainment standpoint and about to get healthier as we move into the movie section, because Warner brothers just changed the fucking game. Yeah. I I don't, I don't know how uh, the future for movie theater is going to look like. I have my thoughts and I'll share them in a minute, but if you don't know uh, now you do Warner brothers said before, Hey, on Christmas day, Wonder Woman 1984, we talked about this on the podcast, is going to simulcast for one month on HBO Max alongside its theatrical run. Uh, And they'll come out on the same day. So if you don't want to go to the theater, you can watch on HBO Max for a month. It's the same day, which is mind-blowing. Well, then it came out that HBO Max was looking to acquire uh, Godzilla vs. Kong and Tom and Jerry, but not Mortal Kombat. And then all of a sudden, today, the day we're recording, Thursday the 3rd of December, Warner Brothers drops a 45-second trailer saying, uh, you know, every single movie 
that we're going to release in 2021, all 17 of them, they're going to be simul drop just like Wonder Woman 1984. The day of release in theaters and on HBO Max. Wow, what a game changer. Yeah, I, I this is great for a, a lot of people. I mean, myself included. Yeah, you know, especially now if you got the big screen TVs and stuff. And I never liked going to the movies that much. So this is perfect for me. You, you know, now it's going to be your going to be extra picky choosy you know when all this 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 rona stuff's over the virus and all that stuff and once everyone kind of goes back and and if this stays available or i don't know if they'll go back to the way it was but i i, I can i won't be going to the theaters as much i mean why would i when i have it i have a, a i'm already paying this, this fee a month and right. if i'm going to get it for free it's it's well i'm actually paying for it so i, I might as well just be comfy in my own home and watch it right so what this does, and you're right. So what this does is out of 17 movies, right? Uh, Godzilla versus Kong, the Suicide Squad, the new Conjuring movie, Wonder Woman 1984 is included there. Dune, The Matrix 4, The Little Things, The Many Saints of Newark, Mortal Kombat, the new Space Jam movie, Judas and the Black Messiah, Tom and Jerry, Malignant, Those Who Wish Me Dead, In the Heights, Reminisce, and I think Kira Rich, Richard or something like King Richard. So of all of those 17 films, right? I would see one, two, three, three, four. I would see four in the theater. So if I were to go see four in the theater at 13 to 15 bucks a pop, we'll call it 15 bucks a pop and bring my wife. Now we're at 30, three times four. Boom. Now I'm at a, what? $120 to go to these movies. I get HBO Max for free. I now save $120 and can get to watch it from the comfort of my house. From a consumer perspective, this is a phenomenal news. Yep. Uh, a news drop. And it's going to increase the subscription. What HBO Max is hoping you do, if you're not already subscribed to HBO and you don't already get HBO Max, because at that point they already have your money, if you go to sign up for even the monthly trial, they are banking on. A, you forget because a lot of people do. That's why you get your credit card up front. B, they're going to stagger these releases. You know, it looks to be one a month at least because there's 17 movies in only 12 months. Really 16 because Wonder Woman comes out this year. But point being, even 16 movies over, that's one a month. Major release. Now you have a reason to keep your subscription past it. And if you were to pay 15 bucks a month just to watch these movies – that's the price of a movie ticket. So yeah, maybe they're not getting the double ticket because of your significant other or your kids or whatever, but one is better than zero when you don't go to the theater. They're still making something here, and I think a lot of people are going to stick with their subscriptions a lot longer, and this was a very smart move for their from their perspective, at least in the short term. Here. And wouldn't they be making more money since it's not in theaters? And they don't have to, right? The, the money goes directly to them yeah, as opposed so, to splitting it with AMC, Regal, whomever. So that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Now, here's what I think, right? My own little tinfoil theory is that to me, this is a short term fix. So I've seen on Twitter, theaters are dead and this and that. And like, I think that's a little bit of an over exaggeration based on just the news coming out and people reacting. I think eventually, because it's been, listen, there are, two or three vaccines that are on the way. So I think that sometime in 2021, when we have a viable widespread vaccine that's trusted and a lot of people have access to it, you know, sometime in 2021, things will begin, not 
get there, but they will begin to normalize. Now you go into 2022 when there has been no announcement of any of these films, right? Nothing beyond 2021. You have all these films ready to roll. 2022 is when theaters are starting to, you know, to maybe get filled again and people, you know, are vaccinated and they can go to sporting events and life starts to become a little bit more normal. And so to me, this is the short term fix because these movies are paid for. They're, they're shot, they're edited. They're basically in the can ready to roll. So why are we going to throw them out to die? Let's at least recoup something in the short term. Exactly. And then in 2022, when things are normal, we'll get there. The problem is that not a lot of movies are being made right now and in 2021 because of the virus. So I think there's going to be just like in video games and TV, there's going to be a gap between big budget stuff because not a lot of things are happening right now. So I think 2022 is the year that things start to normalize. And this is just a Band-Aid. I don't think this is the future. The The problem is, can theaters last another year and change? No, and that's what I was going to say. I was like, I hear, I hear with the Band-Aid, but can the theaters, like you just said, another year of repeat of what started in March? I, I, I could see maybe a chain, two chains staying, but no, no way these little guys are staying. I don't know, but like AMC is struggling to do six months and they'll have to tell them they have to do, you know, on top of that six months, another four months in 2020. So like 10 months and then another 12. That's rough. And I get that. Let's not forget this. So this is only Warner Brothers. So like Universal and all that, there's no plan for that yet. So there's going to still be big movies potentially coming to theaters. Now, everybody has a streaming service now. So, you know, Peacock, Netflix, Hulu. There's places for movies to go. So like I wouldn't be surprised if other giant movie corporations take the hint here and say, oh, oh they us, have us to be talking too. now. They have to be all in conversation. Absolutely. Which is why I think Warner Brothers changed the game today. But to your point, you know, I don't I don't know if AMC is going to survive. But what I do know is that somebody in 2022 will open a new theater. And a new chain could be birthed. And maybe, guess what? Maybe, just maybe, they don't charge $6 for popcorn. And maybe, just maybe, <laughs> they don't do this, that, or the other. So, like... Let's not get crazy. Like, Toys R Us closed down, and nobody skipped a fucking beat. Nobody cares, because Amazon is there. And I mean, because I cared are, a little bit. And there are other... Yeah, because it's a cool, nostalgic trip. But it's yeah. not like you needed Toys R Us to go buy your things. You can get everything you wanted there somewhere else. And so, and, like... And cheaper. And cheaper. Good point exactly the same exact thing as a movie theater so like if a movie theater that we know now dies regal way too high on their ticket prices amc way too high on their concessions so like maybe let's take the best of both worlds yeah, yeah, let's meet in the middle and a new chain will come out of that maybe mark cuban who is a billionaire who owns cinemark will say hey let me rebrand let me try to expand under the coasts and i'll try to change the game there and maybe charge less for this and that maybe those movie theater dining experiences i can't remember what they're called right now maybe they become bigger maybe drive-ins come back at a bigger capacity i don't know but something will because it's not like movie theaters are going to go away maybe amc maybe regal will go away but something will be there we just don't maybe not know what that is yet yeah i just hope at least the ones close to us at least one stay because i won't travel no hour two hours for a theater oh no i listen we're gonna get I hate when I start a sentence with listen. I always do it. I'm sorry, listeners. Uh, I, listen. No. listen. <laughs> I was about to. We're, even the theaters now, like think about the movie theater in Franklin Mills that was turned into like a synagogue, the one that was outside the mall. 
Yeah. Like when you go into the left. Oh, yeah. I remember. That's a huge space to do nothing with. There's so many theaters around that are just such big spaces. Like, what are you going to turn them into? They're going to repurpose them into new movie theaters. I think the actual physical brick and mortar spots, maybe they won't be AMC, but they'll be something. They're already there. No, they're that already makes sense. Yeah, they're, they're set up for it. No, it makes sense. So they're not going to turn the end of Neshaminy Mall into an exit. <laughs> they're not just going to knock down the theater. They're going to put something new there. So they're going to put a new theater. What sucks about coronavirus for all this is like round one. We've been looking forward to that so much. That yeah, God, God only knows if that's even still happening. So like that's the stuff that I'm more worried about because like if we're going to go see a movie, me and you – we're going to go hang out at round one for a while and play some initial D. It's so like that experience. I wonder if it's more just like, a, do they try to bring back the arcade movie? Like, There are so many things that we miss and took for granted as a society now that are gone based on this virus that maybe they make a yeah. comeback when this yeah. comes out. Th- then we, we haven't experienced life in nine months. And so maybe like arcades make a comeback because people just want to get outside again. Now, probably not because of the you know new consoles just launched and stuff but i think entertainment as a whole has a chance to like rebrand itself and come out of this the other side what a a time for new consoles to come out though because it's definitely like saving me right now yeah i know right uh but yeah so i think theaters will be there at the end i think movies will still come out i just i want to do a hat tip and an applause to warner brothers for making a very difficult decision Oh, yeah. but, but one that is so pro-consumer. Now, we, we have on our uh, Instagram, on our we po- excuse me, on our We Podcast, We Know Things Instagram, we have some comments that I wanted to read from our listeners uh, who make some really valid points and just to see, you know, what your thoughts are. The Corner of You commented, and his was long, so strap in. Holy shit. Uh, Ion Ryan commented, oh, man, not good. And so... I said, listen, all this, you know, there, I, I get the, the not good thing. I totally do. But for me, I said, uh, this is great news. Movie theaters are a thing of the past, but we'll eventually come back like Toys R Us, but even better. Uh, he said, all the stuff we, is, we fanboy out over costs $300 million to make. Uh, there is zero long-term financial viability for this business model unless you're ready to start paying $30 to $50 per month for each streaming service. And suddenly that $6 popcorn doesn't seem like so bad. And I get that. And I think if this is the long-term plan, then yes, that $15 HBO Max subscription is going to $20 to $25. And that's how cable got into this mess in the first place because HBO was not $25 a month. Fucking was not worth that. So I, I get that idea, but to me, man, this is a short-term fix. And guess what? We don't know what life is going to be like in 2021. We can project all we want, but we don't know what this virus has in store for us. We don't know what the world has in store for us moving forward. So they're just putting a patch on it right now and they'll make the next decision when they have to. There's no need to make it right now. So. Yeah. And like you said before, that were they they didn't make no money in the end. This is a way that they get some kind of return, you know, because they need to make money like like us all. You know, it's it, it just fucking sucks, man. Movies thrive. <sighs> Movies thrive on word of mouth. And if yeah. you can't go to a theater, give it to the folks that have HBO Max. Give them the special hashtag that when you use the hashtag, it comes with a little icon at the end. They're always really fun. Let's use the shit out of that on Twitter. Let's make King Kong hit with his mouth wide open and Godzilla with their breath and all that cool stuff. And let's go talk about these movies on Twitter. Hey, I got HBO Max. Go watch this movie. 
Now you're spreading that to people that maybe didn't want to, and you're pushing people over the edge. And it's the new way to drum up interest because if they're not going to go to the theater, they literally just have to download an app, put their credit card in, and they can watch a giant AAA movie. What fucking world is this that we get to do that? That's so cool that this is a well, and you get to watch it for a, for a month though, correct? Right, a full yeah. month. Yeah, let's spread the word on this, man. And I think that that's a smart move because word of mouth and tweets and Facebook posts will drive people to get the trial. Will drive people to do this to do that without having to go to the theater. Because if you told me, "Yo, this movie's great, but you got to go see it in theaters," I'd say, "Eh, I'll wait." Yeah, and now you don't have to. That's a beautiful thing. And you can make our popcorn. It's only cost us 50 cents. <laughs> Let's get into our top three. And it's simple. It's the top three movies from this list. I said the list earlier that you're so excited to see in your own home. My number three, I'm still, I'm going back and forth. Still last second, still delaying it. I'm going to go with Matrix 4. I'm just going to go with it. I, I I thought it with the trilogy. I didn't know where they would end with that. You always kind of hope that it would continue. Obviously, Keanu Reeves is like, I, I don't want to say reinvigorate his career, but he's definitely like the it man right now. And uh, I, I definitely want to see where this, this franchise goes. I'm like you. I'm like, my number three is between two. And I said to you before we started, I'm just going to hold off until I have to. And I'm going to make a decision. That's what and I so, did. Super salad. No regret. My number three, The Many Saints of Newark. Oh, Joey D is in it. I, listen, this movie, I said listen again, <laughs> this movie. Someone uh, start counting every time he says listen. This movie was on my top three most anticipated for this year. It was my number three. My number two was uh, AMC show that blew chunks. And my number one was Marvel's Avengers. Very big regrets for that list for me all year. Um, but... I still am really interested in this. A Soprano sequel style movie or prequel style movie. I love gangster flicks. I love them all so, so very much. I'm in. I cannot wait to watch from the comfort of my own home, The Many Saints of Newark. My number two, Godzilla vs. Kong. I mean, come on. I've Since a kid, I think both of us grew up watching Godzilla, King Kong, the whole bit. Just to see them two in a movie together finally, sold. My number two is Mortal Kombat. I, uh, what, what else do I, th- what else do I have to say? 1995, that movie still holds up. As a matter of fact, Ashley and I just watched it, uh, very recently still holds up as probably my favorite video game movie of all time. And one of my favorite nineties action movies in general of all time, I'm a huge Mortal Kombat nut nerd fanatic, whatever you want to call it. I could tell you the whole backstory, the lore, all 11 games and the side shit, including mythologies. I love it. I'm the horrible special forces Jack's game. I love it so much. And to hear that we're getting an R-rated, brutally violent Mortal Kombat reboot in the works, I'm super down for it. Cannot wait. My number one, The Suicide Squad. Same. I mean, come on. That, that, that was the first one. I was like, all right, that's easy, number one. Get that out of the way. Just a little, not even trailer that he put together for the um, when they did the DC night. But just, just this whole cast, this goofy freaking cast. I, I cannot wait to go on this absolute bonkers ride. Do you know how hard it was as a Godzilla nerd to keep Godzilla off my list? Do you yeah, have any I, idea how difficult that was? Yeah, you're crazy. That's I that's, just crazy. I call. thought I thought Godzilla two, Godzilla King of the Monsters, was so bad. So with Millie Bobby Brown, and I just thought that movie was so bad that kind of like it lost my hype a little bit. It lost my hype a little bit. Now. 
it's King Kong. Like, holy shit. So maybe Sold, a trailer. You got my money. Will, Don't yeah, care what anything. You got my money. See you later. Maybe a trailer will change my mind on that. But uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with the, the small Sopranos gangster style film over the. Yeah, I'm probably going to change my mind on that one. <laughs> I'm probably gonna change my mind on it. Let's let's do a little revisionist history. Well, once you said it, I was like, I I mean, hey, I'm Italian. I love gangster movies like the next guy. I was like, but let's not get crazy here. Yeah, my number three is Godzilla. <laughs> let's fucking go. Mads uh, Mads Mikkelsen has officially we said it was rumored before, but has officially replaced Johnny Depp in the Fantastic Beasts franchise. And I think we we both said, yeah, I think this is like the logical choice, the best choice that that could replace it. Johnny still gets paid, so he's happy. I'll probably never. I saw the first Fantastic Beast. I thought it sucked. I'm good, so I probably won't even see these films. I don't like anything in the Harry Potter universe. So. It's a sh- it's a shame because I love. I read the Harry Potter books, watched all the movies, loved it. But for whatever reason, it just it just missed for me the first one. I don't know how to read, so I'm out. That's a shame. Yeah, the Clifford movie gets a teaser. You've heard that right. The Clifford movie, the That's big, the red, big dog. red dog, gets a teaser. Uh, first and foremost. What'd you think of how he looked? I didn't. Number one, didn't like how he looked. Came out of nowhere. Fun fact, I believe it was first grade. My first and only play we had to do the Clifford and Friends play. I forget which dog I played. It wasn't Clifford. But so once I kind of saw this, I had like horrible flashbacks of the play. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God, nightmare, nightmare. So this is a hard pass for me as well. Oh, man. It looked they made it look like they just took a regular dog and in post-production just turned his fur red. Like no, that's that, that's all they did. That's all they did. And it I was like, so no. bad. You know what it reminded me of is, is the first time we saw Sonic in that trailer. And like, I can, I can totally How dare you insult Sonic like that. It I could totally buy it. No, no, I could totally buy it. If they like, Go back and redo Clifford based off of the feedback that Sonic got and how well. Oh my received. god, that would be great. Of how well received, because like if you think about Clifford, dude, it's not a normal looking dog. Yeah, it's big and red, but it's like a it's giant got the, dog. It's got the floppy ears and the big smile. This just looked like a dog. There's nothing what, special about it. Clifford was like the size of a damn elephant, wasn't he? Yeah, no, he was huge. Yeah, I don't get, don't get me wrong there, but I mean like the way he looked, he looked like a cartoony. Do- this just no, looked like I a agree. human dog. No, not a human I, I dog, agree. Like, I, I didn't like the look. It, it hard pass. It's just it looked so shitty, and like. I get it. Like the Lion King live action, they're just lions and shit. Like it took the cartooniness out of it, which sucked a lot of the enjoyment away from me. That's exactly what this is doing. It's giving me horrible, horrible Disney live action flashbacks here. I'm still going to say it. God damn it. It's, it's, it is what it is. But at the same time, like, don't just, don't just take your eyedropper and Microsoft paint and make the dog red in post. (laughs) Can we do something a little bit more exciting? But yeah, I think that's the most attention we're going to pay Clifford uh, pretty much ever unless they do some crazy reboot. Can we move, you know, yeah. some crazy thing, in, <laughs> you know, uh, to, to rebrand him a little bit. But let's move forward. The Toxic Avenger is getting a reboot and it's starring Peter Dinklage. Sign me up. Sign me up. I mean, yeah, we, we all know Dinklage is a great actor. I, I never really cared for the original Toxic Avenger. I love him. He's so bad. The movie is just pure shit. And I love every second of it. And the game is so bad and so good at the same time. Ah, I mean, I would be kind of shocked if this movie kind of continues. I don't know. I just have a feeling like this one just kind of gets canceled somehow. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. It's like it's a cult 
classic thing. It's kind of like it a has small a, niche audience. I, I the problem is that audience know. is thirty five years older now. It's like this is a night. This is mid eighties. So and like, I just feel like there's other films that you should be worrying about than Toxic Avenger starring Peter Dinklage. And and even with this one, a brand new Val, Van Helsing movie is in development at Universal. And like with those three stories about the dog that we won't name. And the Toxic Avenger and Van Helsing. Our original idea for our top three was, hey, let's talk about three more movies that we don't want to see, like rebooted. And it was just too painful. So we took the high road, the low-hanging fruit, and said, let's go with the Warner Brothers stuff. And, to, like, be, and, and to be honest, I, I'm down for this Van Helsing film. I like the live-action Van Helsing film with Hugh Jackman and Kate Beckinsale. That's a guilty pleasure of mine. So I, I, I'm definitely in for that one. I can't. I can't. I I mean, out of the three, Van Helsing's in the lead. Uh, I would go Toxie. I see. I'm. I am in the cult that likes the Toxic Avenger. So it's just so. Have you ever? Have you ever seen anything about him besides the way? Oh no, I've I've seen parts of the movie. It just it, yeah. it's not for me. It's it's just it's just shit. Let's awful. be real. I love it so much. Yeah. Uh, Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, however you pronounce it, will be starring in a James Bond esque action film from the writer. Of the old guard, Sam's previous pick of the week. Let's fucking go on this one. Sign me up here too. And, and that's a movie that everyone should be watching on Netflix. Old guard. I think it was like the first or second most watched freaking movie ever on Netflix. But hey, Gal Gadot, everything she's been in has been hot. James Bond-esque. Sold. Uh, I'm out on, you know, the Wonder Woman stuff. I don't like, I don't think she did well there. So I won't say everything she's done has been great, but yes, in the in the cultural eye, she's at the top of her game right now. So let's bring it on. And I'll take over in gaming. We got two reviews. Well, let's start off with the first one that me and Greg are both interested in. Immortals Phoenix Rising. Immortals Phoenix Rising gives us a gorgeous world to explore filled with mythological beasts, deities, and powers to wield. Its combat is satisfying, with plenty of choices in upgrades, while its central characters, comedic tone, and story are a real highlight. Seeing Phoenix's saga through to the end, with amusing commentary from Zeus, Prometheus, and the other gods along the way, is a treat. Its Achilles heel, however, is that so much of the puzzle gameplay feels like going through the motions instead of clever challenges. In the end, I wish Immortals Phoenix Rising tried to soar just a little higher on the wings of ambition. Eight out of ten? Seven. And it's the oh. lowest score I've seen from anyone anywhere. Oh, I can't like, Wow. Yeah. And like if you're going to sit there and say it's gorgeous yeah. and it's filled with beasts and deities, it's combat's great, but the puzzles aren't puzzly enough, and that's a seven to you? I That review doesn't really do the score justice. That no, reads to me saying, more like – yeah, I mean, I, like you said, the, they were giving us praise. Then, like that last three sentences is like, ah, the puzzles. Ah, I don't know. They should have swung for defenses. What? Yeah, that, that reads to me more like an eight. Um, now, granted, yeah. that's only the verdict. It's not the full review. I'm sure they expand on that. I did watch the video review to see more of context, but then I went and watched other reviews, and everyone's glowing praise about it. And they're saying it's Breath of the Wild, but instead of Zelda, it's Greek mythology, and I'm here for that. So. This is a game I will, once I get my PlayStation 5, it will probably be, along with Cyberpunk, the first game uh, games I buy. So I'm really excited. Next review we got is Sackboy, A Big Adventure. 
A Big Adventure is a lovely spinoff of Little Big Planet that's filled with charming sights and sounds. Its level designs are adorable and creative, really shining in co-op, but still entertaining to be played alone. Its platforming can occasionally frustrate, falling short of the precision and nuance needed to make it really stand out from the other games like it, but the feel-good vibe that permeates every corner of its crafted world makes it a joy to play. I'm going to stick with an 8 again. Yeah, that's that's the right answer. You got it. Hey, I'll take it. One out of two. And you were looking forward to Sackboy, right? Very much so. Yeah. I think it was my number three on the PS5's unveiling video when we did our top three games we're looking forward to. I love 3D platformers. I love Mario 3D World. This is a very much in the same vein as that, with but with Sackboy. It is on PlayStation 4 and 5. I'll probably wait till it's 10 bucks in a year. Uh, on sale on Black Friday or something, pick it up. It will eventually get put in. But before we move on, uh, I said originally 2021, 2021, 2021 for my PlayStation 5. That'll probably still be this, you know, true, but that's not because I'm not shopping for one. It's because I just can't fucking find one anywhere. So basically, uh, guys and gals, if anyone has a lead on a PS5, DM, we podcast, we know things on Instagram, shoot me a, an Insta, uh, DM on Sam P2 1589. Let us know. We're trying to track him. Find him one. I am officially in the market. And you might ask, like, why? You you have all these other... Mm-mm-mm-mm. I tra- I sold a Game Boy Advance and both of my Xboxes. I am no longer an Xbox gamer. Come, come, come back home, baby. Come back home. For the first time since 2006, the Hall household does not have an Xbox console in it. That's pretty weird. It's 14 years, and I just don't have one anymore. Uh, my theory is when Halo drops, I'll probably get a Series S. That's I'm just sure. where I'm at. I'm sure you will. Yeah, when Halo, if it's good, like if it's a good game, I'll get uh, I'll get the Series S. I'll pick up Game Pass because it'll have Halo on there anyway, and I'll have all the other games and shit like that. And that'll be my my path back into Xbox. But I I sold it all for just over five hundred dollars, meaning I can now get a PS5 and not have to spend anything but the sales tax. Yeah, I, I'm in the I'm in the the game for one. So I've already hit up some friends and saying, hey, listen, if you could help me, that'd be great. Keep your eye out, this, that, or the other. I've turned on five different PlayStation 5 alerts on Twitter. Uh, I've gotten into the queue the last three days, got unlucky, didn't get into my target queue this morning. So I've been unlucky, but I'm trying, trying my damnedest. So if you have a lead, that'd be That'd be great if anybody has a lead on a PS5. That'd be awesome. I will drive to pretty much anywhere uh, east of Chicago t- to pick one up. Kadabra is back in the TCG. For 20 years, one of my favorite Pokemon ever, Kadabra, has been gone from the TCG. And I don't know why his card in base set or base set two, I can't remember, is more rare and expensive than it is because it's like one of his only appearances in the TCG. And that's because Yuri Geller, the magician, uh, because Kadabra's name in, I think it's German or Japanese. I can't remember is, I, I think it's like Udi Geller. I'm pretty sure it's like his fucking name. And so he basically said to Nintendo, you're not allowed to use him in the card game and make any money off of my name. That's 20 years that that's gone on. Where this week he said, I know I shouldn't do it. Guys, I'm lifting it. Kadabra's allowed back in. And I cannot wait for the first run of the TCG where Kadabra gets a new card. I would imagine it's going to be a hot item. I'd imagine it's going to be expensive. But I want to I get me a Kadabra card real bad. Did he get paid at all for it or no? 
I don't, I don't know because there was no royalty to be made. They weren't allowed to make him in the TCG. So I'd imagine he wasn't able to profit because they just flat out didn't make him. He probably said, give me royalties. And Nintendo probably said, no, we just won't make it. <laughs> Fuck you. And so instead of holding him hostage for even longer, he knew he wasn't going to profit. Either they struck a deal we will never know about, or he just said, "Fuck it!" Like I'm done taking this away from the fans. I don't know. He made it sound like it was the latter, where it's like, "Hey, I'm doing you all a favor, Nintendo and and the Pokemon Company, just go for it." But like, you might not even realize Kadabra's been gone for 20 years from the TCG, but he has. And uh, I'm looking forward to whatever the first Pokemon card that Kadabra is on because it's going to be a hot item. Cuphead delays its DLC. And the DLC is aptly titled The Delicious Last Course DLC. Um, Very clever name there. But uh, I think we knew this was coming. This DLC has been in development for like four years, just like the game. And with coronavirus, they had said, we just need more time. I get it. It's DLC. It's to be expected. Um, You know, Cuphead did recently launch on PS4 and Nintendo Switch. So now it's available everywhere. So they have to make this DLC for a lot of different uh, consoles now, not just the Xbox. So I get it. Now they have to optimize it for next gen as well. So it's even taking longer. Um, You know. With with every passing month that this gets delayed, the less interested I am. I think you've missed it for me. I, I don't think I, I'm going to go get it because I haven't played Cuphead in two years, and it's just not on my mind right now. So because it's taking forever, I'm just going to respectfully pass. But you know what? Um, delaying it's fine. It's not like it's a problem. Yeah. I just want to make it better. Doom Eternal is coming to Switch on December 8th. We didn't even know if it was coming anymore. And then we heard that it's not going to be physical, only digital, but it's still going to come this year. And yep, it's coming December 8th, uh, which is by the time you're listening to it, just a few days away. And you said just is, digital only. I believe it's just digital only for now. You know, they might do a, a physical later, you know, more when stores are, are more apt to have, them. but it, it's not a, it's crazy to think that a game like this, which is a contender for the game of the year and just such a beautiful game can run on the switch in the first place. So good for Nintendo for making this run, but like all these announcements, man, all of these announcements that you've been making, you could have put them all into a direct for five, 10 minutes. And it, it would have just scratched the itch for a lot of people. Just give me a fucking direct guys. It's been so long. It's all he wants guys. It's all he wants. It's just been so long. Super so- Nintendo world is opening February 4th. What a time to open up a... <laughs> and it's only in Japan, so it's not like we could go... Uh, it's to. on the other side of the world, Greg. But did you see it? Oh, my God. Did I see it? <laughs> How good does it look, it, dude? It, it looks like a fantasy. <laughs> oh, my God. It looks like... The, the, the Bowser statue up the steps. It's like... like I almost want to throw up. You know? Like, my, it's so far away. This... It looks so pretty that my boss at work stopped the meeting just to comment on it and ask my opinion in front of everyone. Like calling me out, basically saying, and, and "I know." Pushed up his glasses. It was really good. I can't no. wait to visit. <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, my ass is never getting on an airplane. So, like, that's uh, well, I'm just gonna Japan, wait. For what's it that? Like a 23 hour flight? I'm just gonna respectfully wait for it to come to Florida and then drive down. Good luck. Uh, but good luck. It'll come in like 2023 or four. Look how popular shit's gonna be, man. It's gonna be bonkers. Nah, it's gonna be if it comes, it's like 2028. Uh, dude. I, you ready? On after the, the after after this COVID, people are going to need a couple years to recoup. 
2023. By the end of 2023, guarantee. Guarantee. We'll see. But regardless, it looks beautiful. It looks super awesome. Um, it looks fun and majestic. Now it's like super heavy on Mario. So to name it Super Nintendo World is kind of weird because it's barely got anything else but Mario. But it's got a Mario Kart ride. And like like you, there's stores and cafes and like little sh- – oh, my God. It, there's it, one it, place it, I want to It looks like a damn dream. It really does. Like all, if, you, if you didn't hear it, just type it in Google, look at it, and just be amazed. To all the people that get so that got so jazzed up over the Harry Potter world and the Star Wars world, which I heard is just nothing short of phenomenal, now you know what it's like for me to get this hyped up over something. This is so cool that I couldn't agree with Sam more. Go Google it and just take a look at the, the few images. Hey, that you deserve it. It looks amazing, and I can't wait to go to it when it does eventually open in Florida. But check it out, Super Nintendo World, February 4th. Like Sam said, just a perfect time to open a theme park. (laughs) The only thing I can think, the only thing I can think is, you know what? It's a good thing for this reason. They're limiting capacity so they can work out the kinks. Oh, you have to. Fewer people, you know, so less, less angry guests. You can kind of figure out what works and what doesn't, what layout works, what doesn't. If a ride breaks down, not a million people are pissed. So like you're working out the kinks. And by the time that the vaccine is over, or I'm sorry, out, then maybe you can open up further. Plus also uh, the America, the United States has had more COVID deaths yesterday than Japan has had all year. So they're doing pretty good with it. So they might not have as many worries as we do. Yeah. Um, just around it. So we will see, but Google that. We only have one story for the rest of the night until Sam goes into a CGC spotlight. And it's AEW has made a legendary signing. And did you see who it was? The Archon. <laughs> did I see who it was? Come Sting, on. baby. Sting. Sting is in AEW. He showed up against Darby Allen. Sam, if that's not a dream feud for you, I don't uh, know what it is. Honestly, like it, it – I, I could see it either way. I think that's a great feud between them two. I think there would be an insane tag team match. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, just the possibilities are right there. I mean, just the same, just his his presence. And then Jim Ross and he, the, both announcers just, it's Sting. Just everything with the goosebumps, all the feels, seeing the, the seven fans' reactions that were there. They were going nuts. <laughs> Yo, I Twitter mean, was on fire. Dude, like, because at the same night, Kenny Omega beat John Moxley for the title. So it was like the best episode of Dynamite ever. It blew NXT out of the water and, in the ring. And he so. got signed for a multi-year deal. This now he's like, he's in his 50s. He's so six, like he's 61. So like his mobility is gone. So I think a tag team makes a lot of sense where he's there as more of the presence. Exactly. He has a few little small spots, but really Darby carries it. Dude, yo, I could see that. I could totally see that. Dude, I, the, that's the first thing I saw. I was like, oh, man, they'd be great tag team partners because Sting's still in shape. He's still designing. He still works out. Obviously, he still loves the business. I mean, I'm interested to see what he still can do, if anything, in the bat. But just when, when he brought out the bat, though, like us growing up, <laughs> when he, him showing up, it would go dark. He appears. He was like a superhero. He From was a superhero, at least to me. Like He was like... He, he beat NDW like NDW alone like yeah like this guy he was the icon like Stinger's back baby now I liked Hawaiian Sting growing up but once he transformed into like the Crow Sting yeah it took, cr- a, it took a whole new level dude Crow Crow Sting is 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 my favorite yeah it, that took him to a whole new level so if it didn't get you interested enough <clears throat> before AEW one of the the better promote if not probably the best promotion out there now and I'm I'm shamelessly saying that I, I'm a AEW fan over WWE, but 
if this doesn't get you excited, man, if you're a f- fan from the nineties, this, that, oh, and other, God, yeah. you got Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone on commentary. You got sting back in the business. Great time to be a wrestling fan. So go watch AEW. Sam, take us home with your CGC spotlight. And I'm I'm, per, I'm 98% sure I did this one before, but I'm getting down to my last few CGC books. So I'm going to go right in order from my 2 to 11 minus 6 of my Batman run. So this is Batman 2, DC Comics, summer of 1940. 5.0 off-white white pages. Bill Finger story, Bob Kane and Jerry Robertson cover and art. Second appearance of the Joker, and at the time, she was just called the Cat, but then she becomes Catwoman. And then you also have a full-page ad for 1940 New York World's Fair comics. I got this probably over two years ago in a little deal with uh, Austin Austin Reese, Austin Reese's Rare Comics. Check them out. One of the best comic dealers in the business. This has been a little personal little goal of mine is to try to complete. It's, it's really Batman 1 through 11. But Batman 1 right now is is so out of reach, it's not even funny. So I'll have to stick with just my 2 to 11 for now. But again, this is a book that there's only a total of 125 total graded on the, on the census. And there's only 27 graded higher than mine. And the highest graded on the census, there's 292s, 190, 285s, and there's 1350s. So it's a super tough book. Any Golden Age Batman book, especially, you know, Batman 1 through 20 or whatever, you almost see cream pages. So to get this in off-white, white pages, I'm such a page quality stickler. If you if you follow my IG page, you, you know that for sure. But the story in here, it's called The Joker Meets the Cat. After discovering the Joker is still alive, Batman and Robin attempt to take him to a hospital that has a, I quote, famous brain specialist. For an operation to make him a better citizen. Just, wow. It, <laughs> that doesn't go as planned. After another gang kidnaps the Joker, they need him for a heist. The cat shows up and basically tells Batman where they're hiding. But you know Catwoman, she always has something up her sleeve. She's after the jewels. So if you want to see what finds out, you can, there's DC, they released like the DC collection, the omnibus of the golden age, like part one, part two, part three. So if you buy the first one, Batman two is included in that. If you want to read it and kind of see where kind of Batman all started and kind of how different he was when he first started to, to where he is now. So that was it. Batman number two. That's it. That's the show. Episode two fourteen. stick around. The game awards are next week. We are recording on the Wednesday beforehand. So our thoughts on them won't be until episode two sixteen. However, my next Nintendo episode is going to be dedicated to the game awards. So if you want an even deeper dive episode three of the Nintendo dropping in two weeks, which I believe is the like December 11th, uh, December 14th will be, uh, all about the game awards. So you got a couple of weeks of content to look forward to from us. And again, we're getting towards the end of the year, our game of the year conversations, our movie of the year. I love that episode so much. We'll do that in very early January. I uh, cannot wait to bring that to you. And uh, th- that's it. I mean, we got a couple holidays moving forward. We got some birthdays, really busy time of year, but we're happy to be able to bring this to you so much. Uh, we appreciate y'all. We're going to go play some Ghost of Tsushima now. We'll see y'all next week for episode 215. Movember has come to an end. Off with the stash. Hey!